So I'm back in my shop, actually just a few minutes after I recorded the trailer, so this is probably going to get way out of order, but we'll see how this goes. One thing you're going to realize if you get into your own business at all, maybe you already realize this, is you will forget everything. Today I forgot to eat. I made coffee, took my dog for a walk, came back in and drank half of that pot of coffee. While returning phone calls and chats and text messages and emails, and then I got another phone call when I thought I was done. Just at that last minute, when I thought I could take my dog for another walk and then go to the scrapyard and pick up the metal that I needed for this project that I'm starting next week. Maybe get a little bit of something done over the weekend before I've got to show up with it. But no. Right now I'm struggling with that aspect of time management where my phone and my email rule me instead of the other way around. That's why at 11.45 in the evening, standing in my garage, waiting for some ferric chloride to etch a piece of copper tubing for a project I can't even talk about. And I'm eating a can of sardines. This is the life of a maker. I studied biology. Actually, I studied everything, but I got a degree in biology. I practiced administrative law, and I taught high school. But, I make stuff. So, if you're not averse to eating sardines or MREs at all hours of the night, while you're waiting for some project to finish its chemical reaction, or cool off, or finish drying, maybe, just maybe, you might be a maker. This is Infinite Tradecraft, and I'm Ryan Motley. I'm going to finish my impromptu dinner, and let's get to work. So, I'm getting ready to open up this Ziploc bag, and inside is about 8 or 10 ounces of ferric chloride and a copper tube. I coated that tube in, I call it resist, but it's really just Sharpie, and plugged the ends with some plumber's putty. About to find out if that plumber's putty leaked. Haha, <laughs> it did not. Because I needed to etch a pattern into the outside of this tube. Uh, I make jewelry and such, so uh, I'll use a copper tube, especially when I'm kind of trying something out. And uh, I can etch patterns into it lay in other metals using solder or brazing and I can even change the color of the material to gold. 
gold by uh, tinning the surface. So I'll put on tinning flux, which has just a little bit of tin solder in it. And um, then I have to figure out how to take gloves off. Chloride is an acid, and it eats metals really effectively, but gradually. And so, in these channels that I've etched, it is eaten down through the material about halfway through the tube, which is about what I need. But um, I can lay in that tinning flux into those channels and then heat the tube up, or I can heat it up first and paint the, tint, the flux on, but you gotta have a high temperature brush. And it will lay down a layer of tin on that surface. And then I can heat it up to red hot and the tin will diffuse into the surface, making the thinnest little layer of bronze. Tin and copper, bronze which is really cool for mostly decorative applications. Uh, in the show notes, there should be a link to my Instagram, and I'll have some pictures of some cool little etched things that I've made. And a couple of them have this two-tone look to them. Actually, sometimes three, because you can go back over it, etch it again, and then lay in a different color and have intersecting patterns and multiple steps. I've done a staircase in copper by repeatedly masking and etching, and it's the same kind of technique that you use for fabricating semiconductors. Just a lot more crude when you're doing it by hand. But anyhow, uh, it's really fun. I'm going to walk you through how to do it. So first you need to get a piece of material. So uh, you can use a circuit board or a piece of copper tubing. Just get some plumbing pipe from the hardware store. Very first thing you do is clean it up. You want to get some steel wool or a Scotch-Brite pad. You want to get all the oxide off the surface that you can because that just slows down the whole process. The acid has to eat through that before it can get to the metal. Spritz it down with a solvent to remove all your fingerprints that you got on it while you were using the uh, steel wool. And at this point, you're going to want to put on gloves. One, to protect you from the solvent, and two, to protect the pipe from your, uh, or the fitting from your oils on your hands. Then just grab a regular Sharpie. Black is the best. Blue works okay. I found green and red do not do well at all. It's something about, no, uh, they just tend to wipe off, especially copper. black or blue and um, you just lay down a nice dark thick layer of sharpie where you don't want the etch to happen so like if you want to etch your name into something you got to draw it in reverse if you want the letters to be higher than the surface just pick a design how you can just do cross hatches just to see how this stuff works and then you want to grab yourself some ferric chloride or you can use hydrochloric acid 
hydrogen peroxide. Took me a second, sorry about that. For this project, I just uh, plugged the ends of this tube and stuck it into a Ziploc bag so that it didn't quite touch the bottom. The tube was just long enough that it propped itself on each side of the tube, or each side of the bag. And the plumber's putty kind of stuck it there. So I didn't have to make anything special about it. With a circuit board, you just lay it on the bottom of the tank and get a little tray or whatever, just slosh it around gently. You want to keep the etch agitated, but you don't want to move it around so much that it rolls or gets scuffed or something, because that'll remove the resist and you'll start getting etched there. Uh, you can uh, look up um, photo transfer resist or toner transfer resist, and you can actually print out your pattern on printer paper iron it onto the surface, which takes a little finesse, takes a couple of tries. But if you're trying to make a plaque or something, you can just draw it by hand carefully. If you're trying to make a circuit board, I would recommend you use one of the transfer methods. When Radio Shack was still around, you can just go down there and get this rub-on stuff, like the rub-on letters, but it would be lines and solder pads for chips and they're already lined out or aligned to a particular package size or a transistor or something. So you rub those onto the onto the circuit board to build your circuit. You didn't have to worry about printing stuff out or, or doing any CAD or anything if you just tried to wire up like an Arduino or something or some LEDs. You knew oh, that's about the spacing and you drill your holes and you stick it in and solder it once it's all etched. But they're handy for doing pretty stuff. So if you're doing arts, artsy type stuff or just want to try it out, like I said, grab a plumbing fitting or two or a chunk of copper pipe. Smash it flat if you want to do something flat. Just draw a design on it and throw it in some copper or a PCB etching. Ferrochloride. I'll post a link to some recipes too. There's a couple options. You can get this stuff on Mouser or DigiKey. It's all over the place, comes in one liter bottles for like 10 bucks, and you can reuse it a bunch. But what this lets you do is make a pattern on the surface of a piece of material without having to engrave it. It's like you're not sitting there with a hammer and chisel, which is stupid slow and takes a lot of skill. If you know how to use a pen and pencil, you use straight edges and stencils and all that kind of jazz, you can make something cool or pretty or useful in this case with a sharpie so give it a shot let me know how it works out for you and you will have done chemical milling there's also electrochemical milling which is uh, even a little bit more useful and controllable we have a piece of material shaped like the negative of what you want an electrolyte solution like salt water and then you just run electricity through it between that tool that's shaped like what you want and the actual piece of material. And you're just like deplating the surface to impress that shape into it. You can do really complicated stuff with that. It takes a lot of electricity for large items. I mean, it takes a lot of electricity, period. Probably more than you would use if you were actually using like a CNC router. But if you just gotta make one of them, just got to make a couple. Sometimes it can be quicker than doing the 
set up on a, on a CNC machine. Of course, you got to make the tool too. There's even some tutorials online on how to do that with some graphite spray paint and a 3D printed part. I haven't tried that yet. It seems pretty cool. It seems plausible. So this part that I needed, I just needed some really thin little channels in the surface of a part. You need to be able to select the tool and the material for the job. In this case, I pretty much had to go with copper. So its properties, high electrical and thermal conductivity, um, easily attacked by acids and ferric chloride, made this probably the best bet for making this pattern. If I used a, an end mill or a chisel, copper is really gummy, so it'll tend to grab a lot. You get these shavings that don't break free, and until you actually work with metal, like even cutting something with a hacksaw, you won't really get a feel for a gummy metal until you try and cut copper, especially annealed copper. So while you're at it, grab that piece of copper pipe or fitting and a hacksaw. Try and cut it. Feel how that feels. That's not annealed. That's going to be worked copper, so it's work hardened. They punched or stamped or rolled or whatever to make that piece of material, and they haven't heated it back up to soften it again. And then hit it with a torch. Hold it with some pliers, for God's sake, or a vise. But heat it up till it changes color. You'll see it go sort of greenish and then blue and all these funky rainbow colors and then it'll kind of flash gray. Just get it up to where it's kind of just barely glowing and then let her cool off in the air. That's fully annealed for copper. It's real soft at that point. Let it cool off. You can dunk it in water at that point if you want to. Try and cut it again. It'll be a lot easier to cut. Like the, the, the blade will advance through it much quicker should notice that it'll grab. So you have this real nice smooth cut and then it'll stop. And that's because copper is really ductile. It's almost as ductile as gold. <clears throat> Meaning you can beat the ever-loving snot out of it and get a real thin sheet. Fold it, bend it, twist it up, and it won't break until you do that repeatedly. Like it takes a lot of repeated flexing and hammering to get the copper to work hard. And you can feel that change in your hammer or just while you're trying to bend it by hand or even with a tool. You'll, you'll feel that resistance sort of start to build. When it builds up enough, eventually it'll crack the piece. So when you're working with non, well, any metal, but specifically non-ferrous metals, be aware when you're, when you're working it, bending it or hammering on it, that ductility will go away and turn into hardness get brittle. Eventually it'll snap. You get a handle on that the more you do this sort of stuff. But in this case, I can take a fully annealed piece of copper, make a pattern in the surface, and I haven't work hardened it because I've chemically etched it. So that surface is still dead soft. Now in this particular application, it's not super important because I just got to drill a couple holes in it. Sometimes you need that. And it's really nice to not have to heat this thing back up and get an oxide layer that I've got to clean off before I can put it back together. 
though I still have to clean it. But I don't have to use an abrasive to clean it. I just dunk it in some solvent and then wipe it off with a paper towel. And I'm good to go. So, this lesson's kind of short. This episode's kind of short because it's 12.30 in the morning and I'm tired and sweaty standing in my garage with no shirt on because Um, not that you needed to know any of that. Yeah, okay, was Anyhow, we'll come back with a, a more in-depth episode. But the takeaway today is select your materials and your tools for the job at hand. Don't go find a tool or a material and then figure out what to do with it. It's going to be a recurring theme. In most design and engineering sort of situations, you kind of want to run the scientific method backwards. You want to start with the conclusion, which in science is really bad. Well, it's a hypothesis, but anyhow. You want to start with a finished product. You want to visualize whatever this thing is that you're working on, doing the thing it needs to do to make your task the easiest it could possibly be. And then walk your way back through all the techniques that you know how to make stuff. Figure out which one works best. Like if I needed something really thermally conductive, I would not want to make the compromise to going to steel just because I could mill it on my three-axis mill in a rotary table and make all these grooves in it just because it was easier to do. I'd want to use copper and I'd just change my manufacturing technique to a chemical etch, which came out okay. This is a prototype. It doesn't have to work perfectly, but it'll work, I think. I'll find out tomorrow. For now, I'm just going to clean this thing off go to bed. You can reach me at Industrial Motley on TikTok and Industrial Motley on Instagram. Feel free to toss me a DM, like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever. But toss me a DM if you want and ask me about a project you're working on. See if we can help you make it. I'm done working, so I'm going to go to bed. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a great one. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Infinite Tradecraft. We are Industrial Motley on TikTok and Industrial Motley on Instagram. We'll be coming out soon with a Discord server, but we're taking things one step at a time. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next week.